Hello and welcome to Meiwei's Chinese Medicine Matters podcast, where we share traditional Chinese medicine news, research, and topics relevant to TCM practitioners and students. I'm Lauren Koffel, and in this episode, William McLean discusses the Chinese medicine treatment of rhinitis. William McLean is a graduate of the New South Wales College of Natural Therapies with a diploma in traditional Chinese medicine in 1987, and the University of Technology, Sydney, with a master's in science of traditional Chinese medicine in 2004. Will interned at the Red Cross Hospital in Hangzhou, China, and apprenticed for several years under the renowned Chris Madden. In addition to the clinical handbook series, Will is the author of several works on Chinese medicine, including the Clinical Manual of Chinese Herbal Patent Medicines and the Clinical Handbook of Chinese Herbs. Will has taught widely in Australia, Europe, and the U.S. And while recently retired from nearly 30 years of clinical practice, maintains an ongoing interest in the development of strategies for the understanding and treatment. Of chronic infection, lingering pathogens, and chronic inflammatory disorders. Rhinitis is a seasonal or perennial disorder characterized by episodes of nasal congestion, inflammation of the nasal mucosa, watery nasal discharge, sneezing, and irritation of the conjunctiva, throat, and alanasi. The nasal mucosa become hypersensitive and overreactive to topical allergens such as grasses, pollen, dust mites, fungal spores, animal dander, fumes, and certain foods. Three types of rhinitis are described in the Chinese medical literature. The first, bichiu, is analogous to allergic rhinitis or hay fever. It has limited seasonal distribution. With patients usually asymptomatic between episodes that last a few hours, it tends to be characterized by frequent sneezing with watery nasal discharge, nasal congestion, and sore, watery eyes. The second, bichir, is analogous to perennial or chronic rhinitis, and can occur at any time of the year in response to exposure to a variety of mostly non-seasonal allergens, like animal dander. House dust, fungal spores, and irritants like cold air, smoke, and perfume. It can be intermittent or continuous, with symptoms generally less marked than those in seasonal allergic rhinitis. The key features here are low-grade itching, irritation, and congestion of the nose and eyes, with occasional exacerbations. The third, bigal, is analogous to atrophic rhinitis. And is characterized by chronic dryness and atrophy of the nasal muc- mucous membranes. A sense of nasal congestion, despite a voluminous nasal cavity and loss of sense of smell. There are three main underlying causes of an allergic tendency. The first is a constitutional instability of protective qi, the Wei qi, usually mediated through a deficiency of kidney essence. Weakness of protective qi enables pathogenic wind to become trapped in the surface layer and the mucous membranes of the respiratory system. In such cases, a positive family history of allergy or respiratory hypersensitivity is noted, 
with allergies generally experienced from an early age. In such cases, the guiding principle of treatment is during acute episodes, treat the lungs. In between episodes, treat the kidneys. The second cause is associated with a lingering heat pathogen in the qi level. This occurs when an acute pathogen has become trapped as a result of improper treatment or poor management. This heat pathogen sits just beneath the surface and the radiant nature of heat rising upward to irritate and inflame the superficial tissues and mucous membranes, making them more hypersensitive to stimuli. This is an acquired type of allergy and usually lacks a positive family history with the allergies often beginning in adulthood. The guiding principle of treatment in such cases is to vent the pathogen to the exterior, get rid of it from the body, and restore the damaged qi. The third contributing feature to an allergic tendency is associated with the constant creation of some sort of internal heat as a result of organ system dysfunction, specifically liver and spleen disharmony which I tend to describe as the primary pathological triad. The persistently created heat wafts upward to the head and nasal mucosa, causing irritation, inflammation and hypersensitivity. The guiding principle of treatment is to harmonise the liver and spleen and remove the source of this heat. External pathogens are an important contributing factor to rhinitis. And there are a variety of ways that they can induce rhinitis. The most common is acute nasal congestion or a runny nose due to invasion of wind cold or wind heat, which block the descent and diffusion of lung qi. If an acute invasion is ignored or mismanaged, these pathogens can drive further into the body and become trapped, causing a lingering pathogen. A lingering pathogen in the qi level irritates and dries the moist lining of the lung organ system, making these surfaces hypersensitive to other inhaled stimuli. In the context of rhinitis, a lingering pathogen can present as onset of recurrent or persistent rhinitis in the aftermath of an upper respiratory tract infection or the development of an allergic tendency in adults. In practice, it's been observed that in some patients, Sudden or prolonged exposure to environmental irritants such as smoke, dust uh, from dust storms, volatile chemicals and aerosols, moulds and so on can initiate a state that mimics a qi level pathogen and produces a persistent response of the normal qi, the jung qi. In biomedical terms, this is equivalent to a persistent low-level immune response. Once a lingering pathogen is in situ, Exposure to a triggering stimulant that may have previously been innocuous initiates a chain of events resulting in obstruction of lung qi and fluid descent with consequent nasal congestion or streaming nose. The trigger, in Chinese medicine terms, is considered a type of wind. The chronic itching and sneezing of rhinitis is due to the presence of this external wind in the mucous membranes of the nose. This presentation of wind can uncharacteristically remain in the nose for months or years if protective qi is unable to expel it. 
Constitutional factors can also contribute. A tendency to rhinitis can be inherited, in which case symptoms can begin during childhood or adolescence. The inherited factor tends to be deficiency of lung and kidney chi. The inherited weakness of primal or yuan chi and kidney essence inadequately underpins and reinforces the lungs, and specifically the protective or wei chi. Weakness of wei chi enables wind to become embedded in the superficial tissues of the lung organ system, the linings of the respiratory tract and the skin. In addition to rhinitis, some of these patients also suffer from wheezing and eczema, the classical atopic triad. Again, wind in the superficial tissues causes a persistent low-level response from the normal or zheng qi, leading to hypersensitivity to additional stimuli like dust or pollens, the contact of which can cause sudden escalation into acute sneezing, streaming nose, eyes and itching. In between these episodes, patients are often well. Similar respiratory and skin problems can often be observed in blood relations in these patients. Kidney deficiency can also be acquired as a result of age, habits and other illnesses. When rhinitis begins in middle age or older patients with evidence of kidney deficiency, there tend to be two mechanisms involved. The first, failure of the kidneys to support lung qi and the natural fluid cycle between them, leads to protective qi deficiency with fluids that should be sent to the kidneys for reprocessing remaining in the upper body. And the second, the protective or wei qi vulnerability created by weak kidneys and lungs enables an opportunistic lingering pathogen to gain a foothold in the qi level. Some emotional factors can also contribute to rhinitis. The various factors that contribute to liver qi constraint or the generation of heat and fire as a result of constraint, such as stress, emotional repression, anger, interference with natural cycles, can also influence the lung organ system via the reverse controlling cycle. In terms of rhinitis, the most important factor is the heat generated by constraint and the influence of chronically constrained qi on the spleen. The heat from constraint wafts to the nose, drying and irritating the nasal mucous membranes, while the weakened spleen produces dampness and phlegm. The common feature of all varieties of liver cheek constraint type rhinitis is provocation of the nasal symptoms with emotional turmoil and stress. Factors such as overwork, exhaustion and excessive rumination can also be influential. Overwork, exhaustion, excessive worry or mental activity in combination with sedentary habits can deplete lung and spleen qi. Lung qi can also be depleted by repeated upper respiratory tract infections, especially when these are treated with antibiotics, which also tend to weaken the spleen. Lung qi can also be compromised by poor posture, shallow breathing, lack of exercise, or, conversely, by repeated or extreme physical overexertion. If spleen qi is deficient, lung qi is not supported via the generating cycle. Chronically weak lungs can fail to send the appropriate fluid portion to the kidneys for reprocessing, resulting in congested fluids accumulating 
in the nasal mucous membranes. Prolonged weakness of lung, spleen and kidney yang chi can also disrupt fluid metabolism. The resulting pathological fluids accumulate in the lungs, blocking the descent of lung chi. Kidney function influences respiration in different ways. Kidney chi plays an important role in respiration by grasping the chi, meaning that as lung chi descends with a breath, the kidneys receive and anchor it, completing the respiratory cycle. If kidney chi is weak, the anchoring function is poor and inspired chi floats upwards to the upper burner. Kidney indeficiency is a result of persistent overwork, lack of sleep, or burning the candle at both ends, can also generate heat, which in turn scorches and dries lung yin. A dry or desiccating environment, which includes things like air-conditioned, dehumidified and humidically sealed buildings, can dry the mucous membranes of the lungs and damage lung fluids and yin. On the other hand, a humid or damp environment can contribute to both accumulation of dampness and ultimately phlegm, by direct exposure and by compromising spleen function. Exposure to airborne irritants, including pollens and other allergens, air pollution, dust, fibres, volatile chemicals, perfumes and fumes, can contribute to acute and persistent rhinitis. Smoking of any substance has a direct effect on damaging the lungs. Tobacco and marijuana are considered toxic and hot. Their habitual use dries and irritates the delicate moist linings of the lungs, leading to fluid and yin damage. The diet can also contribute to various types of rhinitis. Irregular dietary habits or overconsumption of cold, raw, sweet foods can weaken the spleen and encourage the generation of phlegm, which in turn can migrate and accumulate into the lungs. The lungs are known as the storehouse of phlegm. Overeating stresses the digestive system, leading to inefficient digestion and the build-up of phlegm and damp, which can be expressed through the mucous membranes of the nasal passages. A diet rich in cheese and dairy, sugar and carbohydrates, meat, fatty foods and alcohol directly introduces phlegm and heat into the body. In terms of treatment, there are three phases to consider when treating rhinitis. The first is when we're presented with an acute episode with severe symptoms. Treatment in such cases is aimed at managing the symptoms without paying much attention to the constitutional pattern that underlies them. The second is in situations with moderate yet persistent symptoms. Treatment in such cases is aimed at managing the symptoms by dispersing pathogens while at the same time dealing with the underlying or constitutional pattern that is contributing to them. The third is applied during remission from symptoms or before the allergy season begins. In such cases, treatment focuses exclusively on correcting the underlying constitutional pattern. When treatment is applied in anticipation of the allergy season, it should begin four to eight weeks prior to the expected onset of symptoms. As mentioned previously, the general rule of thumb in treatment is during acute episodes, treat the lungs. In between episodes, treat the kidneys. Which is another way of saying, apply yourself to symptoms during acute episodes 
and to the underlying cause of the pathology uh, during periods of remission. When symptoms are acute, herbal treatment aimed at alleviating symptoms may need to be administered twice or more per day and acupuncture at least daily. In all but the simple wind-cold or wind-heat varieties, the treatment should continue between episodes to build the constitution and correct the underlying imbalance. And this is especially important in the months before the allergy season begins. Interestingly, in the kidney deficiency type of allergic rhinitis, there's sometimes uh, few, if any, in the way of typical kidney symptoms. Nevertheless, the inferred kidney deficiency manifesting here predominantly as Wei Qi deficiency, will always be addressed with the addition of a few kidney yang tonic herbs. The treatment of acute episodes is generally pretty straightforward. It's in the treatment and prevention of the chronic, persistent and allergic types that Chinese medicine really shines. And most types can be successfully resolved or at least significantly mitigated. For the specifics of treatment, please see the second edition of my Clinical Handbook of Internal Medicine. Thank you for tuning in. If you would like to see the written research from this episode, you can find it linked in the episode description. And please subscribe to the show. It's a great way to show your support and to hear when our next episode comes out. In our upcoming episode... The president of Meiwei Herbs, Yvonne Lau, will be discussing Chinese Medicine Day and the history of traditional Chinese medicine in the U.S. Until then, take good care of yourself and your patients. Chinese medicine matters, and so do you. Hi everyone, Lauren here again, wishing you a happy and healthy May. As many of you know, Chinese Medicine Matters is the podcast of Meiwei Herbs, a TCM online store and dispensary where practitioners can ship directly to their patients. This month on Chinese Medicine Matters, we're focusing on women's health. We'll explore a wide array of topics related to women's health at different stages of life. So stay tuned for informative episodes you won't want to miss. And we're excited to offer a special discount on our Women's Health Formulas category the entire month of May. Practitioners use code WOMEN24 at checkout on Mayway.com to receive a 15% discount. And remember to sign up for the Mayway Herbs newsletter for exclusive content and ongoing promotions. The episode description includes a link to sign up. And thanks again for tuning in and supporting Real Chinese Medicine.